0: What is up everybody? Welcome into Locked On Tigers. I'm your host Chris Castellani. It is Friday, December 4th, 2020. We are three weeks out of Christmas. Thank you. For tuning in today, mailbag show today. And more mailbag questions were sent in this week than I think we've ever gotten in the past. That stuff always makes me nervous because I put it out there on the lockdown Twitter account. I retweet that on my personal account to get more people to see it. And I always wonder, what if I get one question or two questions? And there was a little bit of baseball news that I could have talked about, but I was banking on this being a mailbag show. And per usual, you guys did not disappoint. Thank you to all the people who sent in questions. I really look forward to answering them today. No guarantee that I'm going to get to all of them. If you know me at all, or even if you've listened to this podcast, you know that I'm a talker and I am a rambler. And sometimes I can take one question and turn it into seven minutes. And by then, we're already halfway through the show. So I'm not guaranteeing I'm going to get to all these, but I'm going to try to get to as many of them as possible. There's one at the end that's a bit more of a personal question. If there is still time, I'll answer that one, but again, make no promises. With that said, thank you to everyone who sent in questions, and, and feel free to keep sending them in. If I don't get to them, just say, hey, I sent you one last week. If you could get to that, I'd appreciate it. I'd be happy to. I appreciate all of you guys doing that. Let's jump right in to the questions. The first one is one I kind of answered yesterday, so I'm not going to spend a ton of time on it, but it comes from Kale Sanderson, at Sanderson 10 on Twitter. Is Schwerber a realistic signing in your opinion? What are your thoughts on him in comparison to other free agent outfielders? I talked about this extensively on Thursday. show? The answer is yes. And the word I want to hone in on, on there is realistic because, look, it would be very easy for me to come on this podcast, rant, ramble, and rave about how, oh my god, the Tigers should sign Springer. Oh my god, the Tigers should sign Bauer. The Tigers should sign every single big free agent available. The the word is realistic because you look at a guy like Kyle Schwarber, not going to be a guy that I think is going to cost a ton of money. He'll he'll get a solid deal, but not somebody that you're going to burn down the the cash cow for necessarily. I know that's not a term. I just made it up. Whatever. Continue. Let's move on with it. I like Kyle Schwarber a lot. Now, as I've brought up before, the the key thing here is you got to worry about filling holes. You got to look at your team. What is this team lacking? What can X player in this case, Kyle Schwarber, bring to your team. This team doesn't hit a ton of home runs. Schwarber does. This team doesn't have a lot of guys who draw walks. Schwarber does. This team needs guys who gets on base. Schwarber does. Like, that to me, and yes, there's defense, and there are issues with his game, what I've come to, the conclusion I've come to is there's always a million reasons not to sign somebody, but when you're talking about a baseball team that has struggled as much as the Tigers have over the last several years, you can't be worried right now about going out and getting the only player on the market who who fills every single void that your team has. There is not a Mookie Betts in this free agency pool. There isn't. There isn't a Mike Trout. There isn't a Max Scherzer. There isn't some end-all, be-all, automatic fix. You just gotta plug holes and find the best guys available to fill the voids that you have and I think Shorber is a, a great possible signing for this team next question from at Specs 93 that's Matt Respecki on Twitter he says Tigers are selling opening day tickets is this a bad idea with the pandemic likely to still be happening since the vaccine won't be widely available by then and when would you go to a baseball game again two pretty good questions look I, unless a miracle happens and I'm done banking on miracles especially in 2020 we will not be filling baseball stadiums on opening day of 2021. Now, if the vaccine itself, and I know people don't like it when I talk about COVID, but I have to here. If the vaccine gets distributed at a more rapid pace than I expected to, maybe we could get to a point where Comerica or all, all baseball stadiums across the country say we will fill stadiums, but you cannot come to a game unless you've had the vaccine. I don't see that happening, but it is possible. My guess is it will be kind of a slow rollout. We may start the year with 10,000 fans in the stands, similar to kind of what we did in the World Series last year. Now, Comerica doesn't have to worry about that with the ticket sales they've had over the last several years. The stadium would be, or the ballpark will be a quarter full anyway. But all jokes aside, I think it'll be kind of a slow rollout. Like I said, they might start off with, all right, we're going to be doing 10,000 for the first month. All right, we're on to, to May. Cases are going down. More people have gotten the vaccine. We're going to Twenty thousand, and hopefully, I think their MLB's goal by the end of the season should be, when it comes to the World Series, don't play it in a bubble, play it at home fields and fill a stadium. I think if that happens, if we are filling ballparks by the time the World Series rolls around in twenty twenty one, I'll view it as a success. It's such a pain that this thing continues to linger, but there, there's there's no way around it now. It's just the fact. And to answer your second question, which was when would I go to a baseball game again? I'm not going to be going to Comerica for a while. Uh, I kind of, and it's self-righteous. It's a self-righteous reason why I chose not to. But I stopped believing that I should have to pay for a product that isn't even making an attempt to be good. Now, if they have a good team this year, if they sign some good players, I may change my tune on that a little bit. When would I go to an opposing ballpark? Like when would I go to Cleveland again? It's it's totally play it by ear. We're really gonna have to wait and see. A lot of it depends on the vaccine. Next question. This one is at Swift Season on Twitter. He asks, who is more important? to the Tigers' long-term future, torque or Mize, and Scooball? That's a very good question. Now, I've talked about from the beginning that the whole basis of this rebuild is built around starting pitching. That if these starting pitchers don't amount to much, this whole thing is kind of meaningless. With that said, the person that I think is most important to this organization's future is Spencer Torkelson. For one, I think the 2020 draft was far superior to the 2018 draft. Maybe I'm off with that, but I feel like there's more kind of surefire guys in the first round of the 2020 draft than there was in 2018, and a guy like Torkelson not panning out well in Austin Martin or, or one of the other guys that came from Arkansas got drafted as second overall by the Orioles, turning out to be a stud. That would be pretty soul-crushing. I've said from the beginning that the basis of the Tigers' whole rebuild, the kind of thesis statement, which is we're going to develop these starting pitchers and they're going to take us to the promised land, I always felt was flawed for two reasons. One, it's very, very difficult to develop starting pitching, and two— you can go out and get starting pitching. I mean, look at the way the Cubs did it. That's like the most flawless rebuild, maybe, of all time. You could include the Astros in there, but that one's always going to be tainted. The way the Cubs did it, they did it with position players. They signed Lester. They traded for Arietta. Yes, I believe they traded for Hendricks. He kind of came up through the system there. You signed Lackey. You signed Jason Hamill. Those were all free agent signings. They built that whole thing through position players. I think that these guys, Scooball and Mize. Now, if none of these guys develop, they're screwed, but if those two guys don't Amount to much. I think you could potentially survive because there's always cheap but effective starting pitching help out there. A guy like Torkelson coming up short, not developing, not turning out to be the player that they expect him to be, that would be that'd be pretty darn crushing, to be honest with you. Because there are so many people who have said that this guy is a surefire guy. He's one of the best pure hitters to come out of the draft in the last twenty years. The plan is for him to be Mr. Reliable here, and if he's not, then all you're going to have in that system is Riley Green, and if that's the case, that's not really much of a future or a farm system at all, and you're really going to have to spend a lot of money just to kind of fill the voids that you might have in the lineup going forward. So my answer to that, I think Torkelson is more important to the team's future overall. So that will do it for segment number one. When we return, I will answer a few more questions. Thank you very much for tuning in. We'll be right back. The Improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, 6 new flavors, 12 other original flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. And Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health-conscientious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Coming up on Locked On Tigers next week, you know what we're talking about. That hot stove is heating up. You can look forward to that. I really hope pretty darn soon the Tigers are going to be making some moves that we can talk about. Who are they going to sign? Who should they sign? And who do I hope they will sign? We will be discussing all of that on next week's shows. Locked On Tigers here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And we're back, everybody. Thanks for tuning in on this Friday. A few more questions to answer this one coming from uh, one of the more reliable listeners here, Caleb Michael at Caleb Michael on Twitter. Do you think the new influx of free agents will help or hinder the Tigers' attempts to hopefully sign some of the mid-tier free agents like they are expected to? I'm thinking along the lines of Jonathan Scope, Taewon Walker, or maybe Jock Peterson. Jock Peterson isn't a guy I've talked about much on here, but there's been a big kind of uproar. By Tigers fans of guys wanting to see him in Detroit, I like Jock a lot, and I'll, I'll talk about that on another day. And my answer to that is no, not really. Look, there's there are those those gold medal guys out there, those those golden calves, so to speak. Your Riamuto's, who I do want him to sign, your Bowers, your Springer's, but there will always be a place in free agency for those second tier guys. You know, I I've, I've said from the beginning, look, I think you should make a run at Riamuto. I think he would be the perfect piece for this organization to develop these young pitchers. He's wonderful behind the plate. He's great with the bat. But with that said, that doesn't mean I'm opposed to a one-year deal for Jonathan Scope. That doesn't mean I'm opposed to a three-year deal for Kyle Schwarber. That doesn't mean I'm opposed to a one- or two-year deal for Taewon Walker. Those guys always are around, and those guys will always help fill voids for a team, especially a young team that is kind of in between right now. They haven't bottomed out. They did that in 2019, but they aren't on the up-and-up the way that a team like the Toronto Blue Jays is right now. Next question is one I haven't really thought about, and it comes from Detroit Tigers Talk at Tiger Talk. Hawks, with a Z, on Twitter. Joe Jimenez will have every shot to regain the closer role, but he was bad last year. Yes, I agree completely. If things don't go his way, will they go closer by committee with the likes of Brian Garcia, Cisnero, etc.? That's a really good question, and a whole lot of it. I will have a much better answer for you in spring training. I don't think that the goal right now is for Joe Jimenez to regain the closers position. I think maybe when Guardy was here, that was kind of the message that was preached by the organization. Give Joe as many reps as closer. Let him save a lot of games. With the way he struggled last year and with the way he struggled in 2019 and really in the second half of 2018 as well, he hasn't earned anything. My guess, honestly, next year, I think AJ Hinch from day one, if I had to guess, will do closer by committee. All of these guys are very flawed pitchers. I mean, Jimenez, I think is just downright bad, but all of these guys have serious flaws. You have Cisnero who was solid last year, but still gives up a fair amount of hard contact. He's in his 30s. Most closers aren't that good into their 30s, to be honest with you. Brian Garcia had a tremendous season a year ago, but as we've talked about many times, there's several numbers that indicate that he got a little bit lucky. Hard hit rate, FIP. He had the lowest strikeout rate of any reliever in baseball last year. As good as he was, my guess is from day one, it's going to be a revolving door. And if at some point one of these guys really breaks out, like let's say Brian Garcia is so good and so automatic, maybe Hinch will just say, all right, you're our ninth inning guy. I don't think that's going to be the case though. I really don't. And you look at how Hinch used closers in in Houston. He he went with Ken Giles as their closer in 2017 and early on in 2018 and he really struggled. And while Roberto Ozuna became their closer when they traded for him and he was pretty darn effective for them. Not great, but he was pretty good for Houston when they acquired him. The difference with guys like Giles and Ozuna is those guys were proven ninth inning guys. Those were proven back end of the bullpen closers, you know, that you're Kimbrels of the world. I know Kimbrel's not any good anymore, but you, you get my point, those guys who are established Ninth inning guys. There is not a single one of those on the Tigers roster right now and I think because of that Hinch is going to give all these guys a look and I think he should you got to play it by matchups when you don't have a team that is particularly talented and subject to change depending on who they sign but let's be honest here even if they go out and get every big time free agent this still probably isn't going to be a very good baseball team and it's still not going to be a particularly talented baseball team when you don't have a guy who is established on your roster the best thing you can do is play the matchups and I think that's probably going to be what Hinch is going to do all right I answered a lot of those I do have time. for one more question. This one is a little bit more personal. This one is from Sam Jane at Sam underscore Jane 230 on Twitter. Hey, Chris. Hope you're doing better. I appreciate that, Sam. I was wondering your best advice for people looking to get into the sports media slash journalism industry. If you can't answer that in this pod, most exciting thing about the Tigers' future. Uh, I'll just I'll answer the first part, and I will answer uh, your, your question here. We do have time to answer. I know there are people who will solely listen to this just to listen to me give my opinions on baseball, but I put the word out on Twitter asking for questions. During the offseason, especially when there's not a ton going on, they don't have to be about baseball. So I am going to answer that. The advice that I would give people, look, I regret the way that I went about a lot of things I did on here early on. I regret a lot of my early rhetoric. I regret a lot of my idealism. I regret the kind of ego that I had. You know, the second you pop on social media, you do kind of get a little bit full of yourself. And I very quickly came down from that, but I've burnt bridges. I have. And I do have regrets. I don't I don't believe anyone who says, oh, I have no regrets. I think that's insane. To have no regrets means you've pre- lived a, a pretty cushy life. I have a lot. I have a lot of things that I wish I could take back, a lot of things I said that I wish I didn't say. But I do think there are pieces of advice that I can offer you that I believe will help. The biggest one, and it's what got me noticed back when I interned at 92.1 FM in Lansing under the great Jack Ebling. do your research. Know the numbers, know the players, know the statistics, know the situation. Be so smart, be so knowledgeable that they can't ignore you. Be so knowledgeable that you don't just become some random intern. You become a name that people know. That's what I was fortunate with. Avoid misinformation. Now, uh, there's going to be opinions that people are going to disagree with. That's the nature of the beast. I'm talking about when it comes to objective facts, don't get them wrong. I remember early on when I was interning for Jack, I'm not going to say who it was because I like this guy quite a bit, but he was talking about how the Tigers in 2015 were reminding him of the 2007 Detroit Pistons when they got swept by the Cavs in the first round of the playoffs that year. The problem with that statement is, It wasn't 2007. It was 2009. So that your argument is completely compromised because I'm spending the rest of the segment thinking to myself, wow. He was wrong. The the, the first thing he said was wrong. Why am I supposed to listen to him? You're going to make mistakes, but always, always, always own up to him. Always say if you're wrong, hey, I was wrong. I've done that before on this pod. I've made a mistake or two, and I've come on the next day and said, hey, I want to apologize for that. You know why? Because it drives me nuts. I hate being wrong about things that are objective fact. Opinion, you can look back on and say, hey, that's how I felt in the moment. I feel differently now. But facts are facts, period. Be passionate. Have energy. If you're on the air or even if you're off the air just talking, passion carries you a long way. I don't really listen to much sports radio anymore, but back when I did listen, it would always frustrate me when I would listen to people who would just be so blase with their opinions. It's like you are doing something that so many people, men and women, would love to do, love to talk about sports for a living. Be excited. Passion carries you. Passion is exciting, it's fun, it gets people's attention. And lastly, and I learned this the hard way, it's okay to question other people's opinions, but be nice. Be kind. Pe- kindness does carry you. Unless you are some transcendent generational talent, for the most part, people are going to be more inclined to want to work with you if you're nice to other people, if you treat them with respect. That That's the truth. It's like that in every industry whether it be fast food or the film industry like you hear about these actors that are so difficult to work with well a lot of them don't have careers anymore because no one wants to put up with their bs and yes of course there's those people like a christian bale or or a joaquin phoenix who may be difficult on set but will give you some incredible product on screen those are the exceptions and not the rule and it's the same in the broadcasting industry i have not always been nice i've been combative and i've been confrontational in the past and i burnt bridges Because of it. So my suggestion to you is do the best you can to not be like me. Do the best you can to not make some of the mistakes I did. Don't be like me. Be better. But be nice. If you run into somebody who recognizes you, shake their hand. Get a picture with them if they ask you for it. It's fun. What I do on here is a privilege. I don't overlook that privilege. And yes, sometimes life is really, really annoying and frustrating and difficult, but for 15 to 20 minutes a day... I get to talk about baseball. That's a privilege, and I enjoy it, and it's why I'm always energetic. It's why I'm always fired up. It's why I'm always passionate because it's a gift what I'm allowed to do on here. So that's my advice. I hope it helps you out, Sam, and and I appreciate everybody sending in questions today. I was happy that I got to all of them. That will do it for today's show. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C A S T E L L A N I 2014. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Tigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a positive written five star review of this program. It would be much, much appreciated. I hope everyone out there is staying safe during these very tumultuous times. I will be right back here with another show and another week's worth of shows on Monday. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Have a great weekend and go, Tigers.